Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm on with Kai. Never live. Um. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Kai. Um, could you please? Yeah. Um, it's too hard. No, um, you actually you... got it. You got it. Uh, from the first. Oh. Um, first try. No reliev. Yes. No reliev. Oh, okay. Hi, Kai. <laughs> Have a good day. And thank you so much. Um, by the way, for accepting our invitation, I really appreciate it. Could you please, um, a little bit, um, background of yourself? At least we will know you better. Yeah, uh, say that again. Do you want me to back up a little bit? Oh, sure. Um, could you please tell us a little bit background of yourself? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so you you mentioned my last name, Nurulayev. Uh, maybe uh-huh. it's a cool place to start. Uh, so it sounds like a, a unusual last name, but it's a combination of a, a Soviet influence on a non-Soviet territory. So I was born in uh, Soviet Union, mm. but two years later, two years later uh, the country collapsed into 15 different countries. So the one that I lived oh. in was called Tajikistan. It's the only Persian-speaking country uh, that used to be a part of the Soviet Union. And so uh, during Soviet Union, they wanted to make all the last names uh, Russian-sounding, so they added a suffix E-V-O-V to make it Russian sounding. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have a Persian last name with a Russian suffix. Yeah, I get it now. uh, Yes, yes. Actually, uh, yeah. It's too hard to pronounce. Yeah, for me, yeah. (laughs) I know, I know. Sometimes I I get get Nurujaev because uh, in Spanish, double L is pronounced as a J. And yeah, you can call me Kai. Yeah, thank you, Kai. Um, by the way, Kai. So here's the process. Actually, I just prepared some yeah basic question here for you, um, to know you better, your industry, and your business. So, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. Um, the first question. Can you please tell us about the history and background of your business? Yes. So my business, uh, the main business is, uh, a brand. It's a uh, fashion art culture uh, brand called Luxendary and yeah Luxendary was started in 2016 Um, in 2016 I started it with my boss at the time Mm -hmm. and we became partners Um, and so we started the company as a phone case uh, design company we made phone cases with cool designs we had our equipment uh, in-house that does the customization, and it's not the the regular, you know, type of uh, uh, printing. It's more high-end, three D type mm-hmm. of printer. Uh, we call it two point five D printer. It prints at very high resolutions oh. with the texture, and the finished uh, result looks like it was handcrafted. So that gives us that uh, put us, you know in the higher end uh, tier for the mm-hmm. phone cases. So a um, couple of years, I mean, it was a startup. It was mm-hmm. a startup. I still had my uh, day job uh, while working with my boss. You know, we, we were partners, but at the same time, I was still working for him or his company. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of years later, uh, when we reached the stage where the company could support itself and I it needed you know, 100% of my time. Um, we had a conversation with my partner, ex-partner, 
so I decided to buy him out. He wanted to pursue his uh, other uh, endeavors. So that's what I did. We, uh, I bought him out. I became a sole uh, uh, owner of the company in 2018. And so what happened was uh, we, uh, we started, uh, you know, we started scaling up. <laughs> we started scaling up and we went from about 60 orders per day wow. to having, um, I believe it was in tens of thousands. Oh. A, a few a few months later so we had a very good problem on our, in our hands which was a lot of demand but mm -hmm. my supply was very limited because we still were printing these phone cases in-house with just one machine and each uh, machine yeah each machine cost about thirty thousand dollars and at oh. that time when when i started getting a lot of demand i uh I basically needed to scale up really fast or I would lose the account, which was Amazon. So I had to improvise. I had to, uh, you know, with a combination of uh, uh, multiple, uh, uh, making multiple processes more efficient, uh, we were able to scale up uh, our production 10x, more than 10x. So I believe our... Uh, uh, with two machines, we were able later on. So basically what I had to do was uh, streamline the process uh, of the printing itself, the process of mm -hmm. printing. Uh, and I, I, I like to use this uh, analogy of, of pizza in the oven. Have you ever been to New York uh, dollar pizza stores? Uh, no. They usually have a big line. So they have, there is this uh, dollar pizza store on 53rd and Broadway. And so they usually have a big line of people because a slice of pizza costs only a dollar. And mm -hmm. they have two ovens. Each one takes three, I believe, pies. So none of the ovens are empty. They all have pizzas in there. As soon as one is out, another one is in. So mm -hmm. you need to keep the oven always full. Same analogy. My printer is my oven. I, I made these uh, trays with the uh, cutout slots for the product. In my case, it was phone cases. And these trays are pre-filled. Before you put them into the printer, uh, you have another one waiting with the stuff that uh, you are going to print. Yeah. And then the one that you just got out of the printer, you are packaging. And obviously one is inside the printer, which is printing. So by doing this, the printer was working 24-7. The printer is working. The production is not slowed down. Um, yeah. And another, another thing that we did was uh, software upgrades. Uh, the printer software is ancient because it's an industrial printer. People use it for printing on leather, on tiles, on different products, different types of products. So they do not uh, keep in mind that um, they didn't have the functionality of printing different image files at the same time. You could only print one file, multiple copies, or you know you could not do multiple. So I had to, I had to buy a software that would allow me to do that. And basically, long story short, we were able to go from uh, fulfilling about sixty orders per day to thousands. Wow! And, and yes, so that's amazing. Uh, 
And it mm-hmm. makes sense actually, yes. Um, that's part of the process, you know. Um, we'll start into a little and then bigger and bigger. So yeah, um, that's that's business actually. And yeah, you're amazing, um, Kai. Yeah, I like your idea actually. And um, Kai, for the second question, how did you first get um started in your industry? How did I get uh started? Like I said, uh, yeah, I yeah. was working with my with my uh boss, and we had. So what happened was, uh, his name is Stephen. I don't want to give his last name, but it's um, okay. <laughs> so Stephen and I, uh, we started his company together. To be honest with you, but mm-hmm. I was a hire. I was his first employee, and he hired me for graphic design. But later on, he realized that he needs help with logistics, with sales, with PR, with uh, social media, and I was good for all of it. Wow. So Stephen had three business partners but they had a falling out in 2015 and he uh, so all of his business partners made me an offer they all told me hey why don't you come with me uh we're i'm I'm going to pursue this i'm going to pursue that and i told steven steven you are the one who hired me i'm loyal to you if you if you are willing to offer me the same job actually he, he he was the one who said all of this he said Hey, uh, I'm I'm gonna do my best to give you the same salary that I paid you before, and please stick with me. Don't go with them. Oh. I said fine. Yeah. So that's what that's what we did. And so when we went, uh, you know, together, he separated with his par- partners. We had a uh, an order from Amazon, uh, not Amazon, from Amex, mm-hmm. for the U.S. Open. American Express wanted to give away uh, merch. Not merch, but like goodies, you know, gifts. Uh-huh. And one of those gifts was a power bank. Uh, you know, back in the days, you didn't have the ones that charge your phone like this. You had the one which was just with a cable into your phone and you yes. could charge your phone on the go. So this is 2015 I'm talking about. So Amazon, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> <I'm saying laughs> Amazon, Amex. Uh, gave us an an uh, order of a thousand of those, but they wanted Amex logo printed. So ah, I see. their balance and their uh, the balance not balance the price that they wanted the budget that they uh, mm-hmm. had was ten dollars a piece, and we could we could pro- we basically could provide the the ones without the logo for about seven dollars. But that left us with three dollars for printing, and we could not find a supplier who could print the Amex logo for less than three dollars, because they all wanted about six dollars per print, because the the power bank was metallic, and not a lot of companies can do it. And American Express didn't want stickers; they wanted actual print on the product. Mm. So then I started thinking outside the box, and I said, "Hey, why do we need to hire somebody when maybe we can potentially do it ourselves?" And so I exactly. uh, searched. Yeah, I searched for equipment that does printing on metal, and the equipment that I've, you know, that was uh, chosen by me was expensive. Um, the machine cost twenty four thousand dollars. So I told Stephen, "Hey, listen, why don't we buy one of these machines? And in the future, couple, not couple, but about five more orders like this is gonna pay it off. And in the future, we can do customization." And I think this is going to be a good venture. He liked the idea. He said, okay, how about this? We go 50-50 on this machine. We start a new company. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do uh, customizable products. 
And that's what we did. We purchased a machine, but uh, later on when we were separating, uh, Steven took that machine and I had to buy a different model, which was a little bit more expensive. Mm. I mean, not a lot more, but that's why I said $30,000 machines is the one that I have. It's a different uh, company. And the one that we initially purchased was a slightly, uh, I would say, a little bit uh, less uh, known company. Mm -hmm. But they're American commercial uh, printers. So that's how we started the company. Yes, uh, it right. came it came from an order that we did not anticipate. We did not anticipate that we're going to start this company. But uh, basically, by solving a problem that nobody could solve, we solved it ourselves. Mm -hmm. All right. That's so amazing. And the story is so umbrella, actually. It's so amazing as well. So, yeah, um, Kai, um, could you please book us through um, your overall business strategy? Because we're too curious about it. Yeah. How did you manage it? How did I manage it? Um, in, in the beginning, uh, you know, when your company is small, it's easy to manage. Um, it was just two people, you know, me and one employee. Mm -hmm. And the employee um, was taking care of the printing fulfillment. Um, so our, you know, besides of printing, they had other uh, duties too, but yeah. Uh, I just had to manage them, uh, make sure that if there is any problems, I uh, address those problems as soon as possible, you know, on the spot and trying to uh, learn from each problem and making sure that we don't have to fix the same problem again, because um, my, you know, my motto is uh, eliminate, automate, delegate. So every problem uh, if I want to scale, I need to be able to do it without my physical presence in there. So first is eliminate. If you can eliminate this problem in the future and not have it at all, that's the best solution. Mm -hmm. Number two is automate. If you can't eliminate it, you're going to have to automate it. Try to automate. you got all the tools. And number three, if it's something which is tedious and it actually needs you to do uh, things manually, then you have to delegate it. And so... I, the way I, I solved it was by creating manuals, manuals meaning like training manuals for the employees for the future. And every time there was a problem and I had to walk somebody through something, I mm -hmm. would come them, I would call them, I would uh, press screen record and just go through it and record the whole process. process. And then I would make them put it into the uh, 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 Word document you know, with bullet points and stuff mm -hmm. and save it in the, in the specific uh, training folder in our Google Drive. So in the future, if we have a new employee, we don't have to uh, explain over and over. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go to the training folder. Everything is in there. If you have any questions, you can come to me. But you, it, everything should be self-explanatory and 90% 90, 90 of the questions were answered by that. So, yeah. Yeah. And here in Twist, um in our company, actually that's what we're doing here. Um Lucas James um yeah doing that. And that's what I like here. <laughs> yeah. Oh um yeah, for over years actually that I am here. Um what I like, um yeah, um you're just like um yeah, our CEO Lucas James because they're um he's doing the same way as what you do right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. You record everything and then if ever that there's, you know, uh, a new employee, we're we'll just going to send it to them. And if ever that they have a question, then yeah, they could just directly MSS. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's still um, used actually. And yeah, for the fourth question, um, how, um, how have you adopted the change in your industry over the years? The change, um, I would probably think of a couple of changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my specific industry, it was... So the first big change was when iPhone, the one that I remember in my industry, when mm-hmm. iPhone switched from a 30-pin connector to the lightning connector, the charger, and we're probably about to witness another change in that uh, specific you know, direction. I think uh, the, new, the new iPhone is going to switch to Type-C. But uh, so the company that I worked for, my boss, uh, sold cell phone uh, chargers, not cases, but chargers. And when iPhone changed from a thick 30-pin connector, do you remember the old iPhone connectors, iPhone chargers? They I were forgot. Third? It's the one that uh, had like a dock. If you remember iPods, the original iPods, yeah. So they had the thicker one. It's uh, it was it was proprietary to Apple, and then Micro was this new cool you know charger which was a lot smaller. And so Apple made their own. They made Lightning. It was reversible. It was uh, there was a chip inside. Prior to that, the regular chargers, they didn't have a chip inside. So the, the Lightning had a chip inside, which actually uh, could could check if this is a uh, uh, licensed by Apple charger or not. So that was, um, that was the first time when I realized that Apple has such a big influence that by just changing the charger, they pretty much made a couple of businesses go bankrupt yeah because there were a lot of businesses yeah they were they were selling cheaper version of chargers and now they had to either get the license from apple mm-hmm. or die and a lot of them died so yeah. actually you were telling me about how to adapt to change um adapting to change in my personal experience was with um like i said when i started having 10x demand actually it was more than 10x yeah so i had to and because i we were doing the manufacturing partially in-house we really needed to think uh how we can make it more efficiently with almost the same amount of uh, resources so that it's a it's just a lot of learning i uh i think that uh if you if you really want to solve problems that don't require physical presence, um, it's it's actually going to allow you, you know, to be better in the future. So what I mean is, remember when I told you about going uh, uh, automating processes? So one of the process that I uh, automated was the creation of images of products because our products have many many different variations uh posting all of the different variants online is a very metic- very time consuming process 
to post if you ever posted something on eBay or Facebook marketplace you probably know what I'm talking about you need to put the yeah. title the description the images that's the manual way uh, more pro uh, sellers they do it through a CSV file which is bulk upload you just fill out all of the fields and you know this way everything is done in bulk so in my case I had hundreds of thousands different products variations and it's just impossible to do it uh manually it's going to take you years or decades and so creating all of these images hosting them in a specific uh directory with a specific uh, download link that you need and making sure that everything matches when you're dealing with millions of pictures literally because because i had about 200,000 different products and each one had about seven i believe uh, uh images unique images so now you're dealing with millions of different pictures that you need to correctly match with the you know the asin asin is a unique identifier on amazon so that was a challenge and all of that i overcame with automation you just need to Trust the process. It's just like math. Sometimes it gets very complicated, but if you do the calculations and it adds up, it's mm -hmm. going to work. Yeah. So you just need to trust the process, make sure that everything is uh, correct because one little mistake when you're dealing with a scale like that, one little mistake, one literally a mistake, let's say a grammatical mistake is going to populate everything and exactly. it's just going to be a nightmare. Yes. Yeah, totally agree for that one. Yeah. So, yeah, you're a really um CEO, um, Kai, actually, because, yeah, I totally agree for that one, that even that it's too small, a too um, small, um what we call this problem, yeah, it will be spread out. Yeah, it will. It's just like virus. So, yeah, I agree for that one. And now, um, Kai, could you please um share eight um specific tactics or tools that you have been particularly effective in growing your business? Tactics and tools. Um, okay, I'll give you a couple for free. <laughs> sure. But uh, so the one that I really like, like I said, is automation. And uh, a lot of people think, oh, automation. I'm, I probably need oh. to go to school to learn like coding python or javascript or this and that it's surprisingly easy if you if your uh, mindset is thinking algorithmically mm -hmm. so the way i automated a lot of my stuff is through excel and command bar so all you need to know is realistically you know what which command uh does basic things moving file from here to there renaming it and basic stuff like that. And Excel is going to help you with, um, I call it concatenation. <laughs> so there is mm -hmm. a command in Excel, which, uh, which is concatenate. It just basically mixes the two uh, values in two different uh, uh, boxes or fields. And so let's say I need to, uh, I need to uh, put it in download links for the images of new designs. Um, so the way I did was all of my Im all of my images are named uh, according to the, de the design and then it uh, follows with the suffix, just a number. 
So let's take uh, an example. Example one is the name of the file, right? Yeah. So example one is the last part of the file name. The middle part is going to be the name of the folder, mm -hmm. which describes what product this design is printed on. And the first part is basically the brand because I was operating uh, for multiple brands. So the first one tells you what brand it is. Second one is what is the physical product. And third one is what the image is. So uh, with using concatenate, you can basically use all of that data, uh, which is already on your Excel sheet, the folder name, the file name, and the brand name is the same for you know the majority of them. And that creates you the file name. Uh, uh, and then by just copying that and pasting into the command bar, change the file name from this to this, you already got yourself, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And you don't have to do anything manually. So tactics like you asked uh, are probably just think how you can resolve a problem first and then try to find a tool. Don't go the other way around. Don't Don't Google for the tool that other people use yeah. and then try to replicate it. Think from first principle, you know, I'm a big uh, Elon Musk fan. Probably a lot of people say that nowadays, but uh, I have the brag bragging rights because I have the only license plate uh, in America that has his name <laughs> because only in New York, you can have eight characters in the license plate of your car. So mine is Elon Musk and I have it since 2013, I believe. But uh, I had a couple of funny, funny incidents when people would think that I am Elon Musk or like chase me to see if I was Elon Musk. And that was so funny. One time I got pulled over by a cop and he actually thought that I'm Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pulled me over. He's like, when is the Cybertruck coming out? He's like, please don't worry, sir. Don't worry. There's no nothing to be worried about. I just have a question. I have a reservation for a Cybertruck. When is it coming out? You promised 2019 or 2020, I think he said. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a fun moment. Yeah. I said, uh, yes, we're working on it. We're doing our best. It's going to be our best product ever. And so it's just funny. Or sometimes yeah. I would, I would, uh, I would get my... And the thing is, so initially I had a Tesla, a Model 3, but not for a long time because uh, I lived in New York mm -hmm. and it at the time, 2018, we only had one supercharger. And so the it was inside of a JFK airport. So I had to drive 45 minutes there, pay parking to get inside, charge it and go back to work, which would just take me, you know, about two hours of my time more. Uh, just to be able to drive a Tesla. So I sold it right away because the infrastructure was not there. Mm. And, and then later on, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the Cybertruck right now. I have a oh. reservation. So so I, dro I drove, after, after selling the Model 3, I drove different types of cars, uh, non-Tesla. And so people would take a picture of my car with the Elon Musk plate and post online and say, Elon Musk doesn't even drive a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, you're um, you look alike with Elon Musk. Yeah, I told, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, no, no. when I first met you earlier, um, I thought, yeah, you're Elon Musk. Yeah, I follow um him for Instagram, yeah, Twitter, and any um social media account actually. So yeah, yeah. um, 
So yeah, for the sex question, um, can you talk about any challenges or obstacles that you've been faced um to your business and overcome um, and how did you overcome them? So um there is always obstacles. Yeah, there exactly. Always something and overcoming I learned takes multiple stages. Number one is don't panic. When you are uh, facing, let's say, um, I want to give you an example, but it's going to be vague. So I'm going to think about it as, imagine you're a pilot of a big airplane, right? Mm -hmm. Your whole company is your airplane, you're a pilot. And most pilots, most CEOs, when they see a problem, the problem is usually an indicator on their dashboard, right? A, a red light, a danger light or whatever. And they start panicking. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? So what I would say is um, look up into the, you know, the window. Don't look at your dash too much. Don't worry about the little things too much. Look at where you're heading and, and then, you know, basically zoom out, see, look at the bigger picture, make sure that where you're going is the right way. Mm -hmm. And if this problem actually needs addressing, it needs eliminating, maybe this is some sort of a signal. Because most of the times the problems occur when you're doing something, you know, not not correctly, I would say. Yeah. If you're doing something wrong, you're going to have problems. Uh, the problems can... Exactly. Why, why do you have a problem? Ask, ask yourself that yeah, question. Yeah. Why do I have this problem? Maybe it's because of the market. Maybe I'm in the wrong market. Maybe it's something else. So, like I said, the best way to solve a problem is not to have it at all and if you do have a problem try to not have that problem in the future anymore mm -hmm. so uh i would say uh, uh go from there yes all right that's totally um amazing and that is totally true yeah um if ever that you know i'm um, actually um our own soul creates our own problems well so yeah i totally agree for yeah. that one and now um kai can you um how did you I'm so sorry how did you stay up to date with the latest trends and development in your industry This is easy for me probably um uh it's going to be harder for some people or easier for others it's just my passion which is technology anything tech related is just my passion I I remember the early days uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember these uh, blogs. They are websites nowadays, but Engadget, The Verge, CNET. These were my daily places that I checked 24-7, literally. Like, before I go to sleep, I checked The Verge, what's going on. We didn't have, you know, back then, it wasn't so popular uh, to maybe scroll through TikTok or, you know, uh, Facebook and stuff. Maybe it was, but I wasn't interested in that. My my daily scrolls were The Verge, you know, Engadget, CNET, just going on their websites or having, uh, a, there was a couple of apps that would just, you know, source all of the posts from those websites. You just need to link them together, yeah. Reddit. And so my passion was something that I was, you know, also working with and phones. And so that's why it was easier for me to be ahead of everybody else when it came to certain things. When people ask me, um, not ask me, but when we in general uh, spoke about certain things, 
and I happen to be very excited about those fields. I usually, you know, I, 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 I try to learn everything about it. Um, and so I would say if you are doing what you love, this is not going to be an issue. You, it's just going to be natural. Yeah. You, you are probably going to be ahead of 90% of yeah, the exactly. uh, competitors if you love what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, you're like in love you're doing. Yeah. And also if you're doing that or if you like what you're doing, then you could create something that, you know, um, that was related or accurate than what you expect. So yeah, I agree for that one. And now um for the last question, Kai, um, what is the advice can you give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industry? Other business owners looking to succeed in my industry, I would actually, um, this question is a little bit flawed in my opinion, because uh-huh. I would think that if you want to be successful, you need to create your own industry. <laughs> Meaning, uh-huh. yes, obviously, I, I don't mean that you need to just create a new industry, but you always need to think okay, what is this lacking? How can I improve this? Don't try to emulate somebody, follow somebody, but just create what you love. Sometimes when yeah. you can't find something that you love in the industry and you just go create one, you are going to be number one. You are going to be the next mm-hmm. uh, greatest thing. For example, I'll give you a little bit of a hint of what I'm working on right now. And you know how you can play a video game and in the video game, let's say it's a Grand Theft Auto. You go to a store and then you can try on different uh, outfit, right? In the game. And so why don't we have something like that in our, uh, you know, today? I think think something like that is going to be possible with the advent of AR and AI to Mm -hmm. an extent. You will be able to... um, Go to a virtual store and try it on, see how it looks, and then purchase. And you can even customize it, uh, meaning you can write something. You can change the color totally, put the pattern that you like, a picture of whatever. And so all of the technologies are are there. And so, you know, we are working on something which I think is going to be, I think it's going to be something really cool. I actually can't wait. Uh, we're going to do a soft launch of the product uh, this year in October. So, uh, you know, just a little bit, a little plug. Yeah. And obviously next year uh, when the Apple Vision Pro is going to be out, we will be prioritizing that platform. Whoa. Yeah. That you're too amazing, Kai. And I really like those idea and the um you know the things that you um share here in our show. If anybody yeah. wants to connect or anyone thinking um working with you or partnering with you, where's the best place that they can go or the best um way yeah. um yeah, or the best way they could con- um contact you about this? They can thank you, thank you, Darren. Um they can email me. Kai at Luxendary.com. And uh, the name Luxendary came from uh, combining the two words, uh, luxury and legendary. So L-U-X-E-N-D-A-R-Y. <laughs> and the same uh, handle is used for Twitter. They can actually X.com now. 
so they can just dm us at luxendary uh on x.com all right so yeah guys take note of that one so yeah i'll gonna dm you there <laughs> just kidding <laughs> so yeah so guys thank you so much by the way and kai thank you so much for accepting our invitation i really appreciate it and I really um like those things that you was been share here. So yeah, um guys, if you made it this far, um thank you so much for sticking here with us. If um if you got any value from today's episode, we would love to get rating or review where you get the podcast. If there is someone in met of growing their business, thinking about starting a business, send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learn from today's episode and implement it, execute, and let us know how it goes. We want to hear your wins and above all, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks a lot and see you in the next one. Cheers!